Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Daniel Jacobs, CEO and founding member of ThriveCoin. The purpose of ThriveCoin is simple. ThriveCoin supports crypto communities that want to thank their members who make valuable and meaningful contributions. Daniel has previously built and scaled two contribution economies, and in his words, opportunities to build something that truly, fundamentally improve humanity are rare. The blockchain offered us the tools, and ThriveCoin offers us the path. Now we get to see how far we can take it. Welcome, Daniel. Welcome to Making Bank. I'm really excited to be here, and great to spend some time with you. Now, we are doing this episode a little differently. We've recorded it in two separate sessions. And I had a chance to reflect on our conversation. One of the things you had talked about and mentioned briefly is that you had founded two other organizations, one philanthropic and the other cultural. And that had informed your founding of ThriveCoin. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind jumping in that a little bit, because I think that can help us in this conversation and also give others an idea of how a person's path is either informed by prior work or or may, may adjust based on prior work? So I was a little bit of a misguided kid. And I was a CMB student in junior high school. I almost didn't graduate junior high school. <laughs> and on my first day of high school, I decided that the way that I was going to solve all of my problems was I was going to become a state champion wrestler. And so I found the high school wrestling coach and his biology classroom on that first day. And I walked up to him and I said, my name is Daniel and I'm going to be a state champion wrestler. And he looked at this kid. I was like five foot two at the time. The only sport I'd ever played in my life was Orthodox Jewish baseball. And he said, I believe you. And I couldn't believe it because at that time in my life, there weren't many adults that believed much of what I said. And so I looked into his eyes searching for bullshit and I couldn't find any. And I realized in that moment that I would do whatever it took to prove him right. So if he asked me to run five miles, I'd run 10. If he told me to stay late in the wrestling room, I'd stay late and come early. If he told me studying was important, I studied all the time and it changed my life. I turned into a really good student. I turned into a really good wrestler. I sort of had the world kind of before me. and. A couple of years later, I was sitting in an economics class learning about how value is created, sort of this idea that uh, goods and services are transacted for, for dollars, and it, it made no sense to me because from my perspective, the most valuable moment in my life was when some guy looked into my eyes and said, I believe you, yet from the perspective of traditional economies, that moment was worth nothing. And I hypothesized at the time that it must be the case that there's trillions of dollars in economic value and all this community value, all this social value, all this personal value that exists in the world and in our lives, but that we can't tap into because we haven't built the economic systems, the community systems, the technology systems to support us in doing that. 
And that thought motivated literally everything that I've done from a work perspective in my adult life. It motivated the first organization that I created, which was a philanthropic organization. We basically gave people points for engaging in deeper and deeper levels of volunteer work. And then they could redeem those points for uh, doing things like uh, feeding kids or giving malaria nets to families in Africa. And businesses like North Face or Patagonia sponsored the volunteer activity that people engaged in. And that was really meaningful for me. It was the first experiment with what I grew to call a contribution economy, a world in which people contribute value and what we get in return is something more intrinsically meaningful and extrinsically valuable than just a dollar. And, you know, then I got to experiment with building a contribution economy in a totally different space, in the enterprise culture space. And, you know, we ended up supporting you know, many of the top brands in the world, brands like Google or Microsoft or Facebook or Citibank or KPMG. And I experimented with building that organization in a slightly different way, but with a similar hypothesis that I was running and with a similar orientation toward creating value. And we ended up selling that business, exiting that business about two years ago. And we got to take a step back. I got to take a step back and think about what comes next. And, you know, I looked at the blockchain, looked at smart contracts, looked at the, the apps that we can build on top of all of that. I was really attracted to this vision of a highly transparent, distributed, decentralized economy. Then when I took another look years later and you know looked at the capability or the potentiality of what smart contracts could do and apps that could be built on the ecosystem, I realized that I could build a version of the stuff that I'd been thinking about for many years that was sort of bigger, badder, and more robust than even the scale that I'd achieved in previous organizations. And that was sort of the inspiration behind ThriveCoin. So ThriveCoin is it's a vision that, that goes far back and is very deep and very meaningful for us. I was curious about maybe some of the learnings from those experiences that informed in a different way about how you started ThriveCoin. I learned so much that whatever I say isn't going to... <laughs> that isn't going to begin to to scratch the surface, but you know I can try to pull out a couple things right now. So you know maybe the first is I started out as like a total idealist, and I believe that if I could build something extraordinarily meaningful for a group of people, that unto itself was enough. It's really important to think about uh, business model. It's really important to ensure that that's sustainable. It's really important to think about what scale looks like and how organizations can scale in ways that have as little friction as possible. And it's also really important to raise enough money to ensure that when there are hard times, you're still going to be okay. And those lessons, I think, traveled with me to today, but also into the second business that I built. One of the early lessons 
that I learned, which is connected to some of the stuff that I just talked about, was in the words of my co-founder, don't be afraid to blow things up. So when trying to build for scale and build a model, a business model that works, when trying to be as helpful as as you can possibly be, build something that's sustainable, the first couple goes probably aren't going to work. <laughs> that doesn't mean that conceptually you're off base or we were off base because we weren't. It doesn't mean that our vision was wrong. It, it wasn't. It just means that the difference between what's in our head and what can really support people at scale oftentimes is significant to start. We don't know until we try. That's the case with even the best entrepreneurs. Like, you know, you would hear this over and over again if you talk to, you know, any entrepreneurs. So we, we have a really big vision. We, we believe in a world where it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your background is. If you create value for your community, you deserve to be rewarded proportionate to the value you create. You deserve, in our words, to be thanked. We believe in a world where real equity is possible. And we essentially went about building the technology that we believe allows for that world to exist. And the connection with Bankless, hopefully in, in that story, should be obvious because you know, ultimately, I, my own expression of the vision of Bankless is to bank the Bankless. <laughs> right. And to do that by providing people with the education, the tools, and the technology to make that happen. It is a vision of equity. It is a, a vision where it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, you deserve to be rewarded for your contributions to society. And one of the reasons that you know we felt so connected and so excited to have Bankless be literally the first community that we launched is there's a vision and values alignment that, that's, that's frankly very special to us. What really resonates with me is that ThriveCoin is not a FOMO thing where you have to be there in the moment to participate in the reward. When you're trying to build value and your head's down, quite frankly, a lot of the time, you don't necessarily have the bandwidth to stay on top of all of these things in order to maintain engagement. I understand it has its purpose, but when you're trying to build something and you're trying to have people stick around for, for a long time and, and build value, and where you're not necessarily being rewarded monetarily, you know, it's a startup environment. All these things do kind of tie together. And, you know, what are we incentivizing, right? I think in the last couple of years in Web3, a lot of quote unquote value or what appeared to be value was, was created on the back of hype. And the problem with hype is that it's not substance. And once hype goes away, the question is, what's left? And I think in, in much of Web3, as there has been less and less hype, there has been more and more worry that there's not a ton of core infrastructure that's needed to support and sustain communities um, that is there yet. I have a good friend who said to me, a couple months ago, he said, people are primarily motivated by three things in Web3. I said, well, okay, what are those three things? He said, the first is money. The second is scarcity, because they believe that if they get scarce things, that can make them money. So it's really almost connected to the, the first. And, and then he said, the third is community. 
And people only care about that one when the first two go away. And, you know, I, I still am not sure that I 100% kind of agree with that assessment, but I do think that it is instructive for us. There's been so much of a focus on how we essentially build stuff that makes us more money or how we create scarcity that leads to quote unquote value creation. But remember, what kind of that is it value? Is it real value or is it hype value? And now that a lot of that has evaporated, um, there is this bigger question that is a critical question for our industry as a whole, which is, okay, so community, like, what does it mean for us to build real, sustainable, enduring community? And I truly believe that, you know, that there are a couple components to that. One is something that's magical that Bankless DAO has, which is, you know, a group of people who really care and are really passionate. And it's, you know, one of the things that stands out about this community. The second is infrastructure that supports and sustains that group of people. And, you know, one of the things that we noticed is that there wasn't infrastructure in crypto as a whole that, or in Web3 as a whole, that rewards and recognizes distributed, decentralized, largely anonymous communities for contributions that people make. We felt it was really critical to go ahead and build that infrastructure. People deserve to be rewarded for the contributions they make to their communities. It's really hard to do that in Web3. Let's change that. What I learned in the first business is that building something extraordinarily meaningful for a group of people isn't enough. Because in a startup, particularly if you're trying to scale, particularly if you're building something that hasn't been built before, hasn't been built you know, by many people before, uh, you're going to have some rocky points, not just one or two, but many rocky points. And so our willingness in the beginning of that second business to experiment, get feedback from the communities that we wanted to support, blow things up, try again, allowed us to get to something that could make real impact and could scale relatively quickly. And, you know, I feel really grateful for our willingness to do that because it was like, oh my gosh, it's hard. (laughs) There's all kinds of other lessons that I learned along the way with the second business as well. But um, yeah, that's maybe that's a start. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's great. I appreciate that. Because I also think about early US history, for example, you, and they're colloquially called robber barons. Many of those turned out to be philanthropists later, but they did it on the backs of their employees in the early days. But how many people had to suffer along the way? And I'm thinking also about this recent term of effective altruism, which is a way for the extremely wealthy to justify continuing to build extreme wealth. And then maybe right. later I'm going to give it all away when I no longer have any use for it. We've seen that that particular narrative rings hollow, shall we say. This is something I've thought about my, my entire adult life, which, you know, which is that there's this model of philanthropy that I've called, maybe others have called too, the Rockefeller model of philanthropy, which is exactly what you described. You know, do whatever it takes to make yourself as wealthy as possible, and then at some point, give back. And the problem with that 
is that only 0.00001% of people actually fit in to that model. And, you know, I think that this generation of people and, and the next generation of people coming up have recognized that there needs to be another way. We need to figure out how to be stewards of our communities and of our worlds today, not tomorrow, right? Today. And that requires that uh, we kind of imagine into a different model of philanthropy, one in which um, people can build things, people can create value, people can benefit from creating value, um, while at the same time supporting the growth, the sustainability, the success of the community members and the world around us. And, you know, ultimately, I think that that is a promise of DAOs, right? It is a promise of what we're trying to do with ThriveCoin as well. We have to bear that promise out, though. The, the, the work is still there to do, um, to show that we can build uh, effective communities, effective organizations, um, kind of using, using that model at scale. All right. Fantastic. I would like to pivot now into, into talking some more specifics back about Thrive, if you don't mind, unless you sure, have uh, anything else. We think of capital as being money. Uh, but there's other forms of capital, social capital. To my mind, part of what ThriveCoin is doing is helping recognize those other forms of capital and rewarding it and figuring out ways to reward it that are meaningful. And so that brings us back to what Thrive is trying to do. You talked about doing this at scale. And so being able to do this at scale is you need to be able to auto-validate uh, without moderators intervening. Uh, uh, you had mentioned, I think, um, about auto rewarding thrive, um, these on chain bank units, if I'm pronouncing it correctly for every contribution. And so how do you do that? You do that at scale by having it on chain automated, uh, code, but you know, what can we do now? And, and so I was chatting with Shepard, um, he is thrive giraffe on discourse, I believe his questions were, well, you need to think about what kind of contributions you would like rewarded and then what would be some fun and meaningful group goals to achieve you could have them as missions and then what could be some wonderful prizes when missions are achieved so we think about capital a little bit differently we think about it in terms of contributions and one form of contribution whether it's a startup or whether it's a nonprofit organization is providing capital Another form of contribution might be working in a way that is aligned with how historically people have understood work, at least in the last couple of generations, working full time. If you look at most businesses, most organizations, that's those two forms are all that has been rewarded <laughs> historically. Mm -hmm. And the reality is there's all these other ways that people can contribute to a community and do contribute to communities. And within the context of Web3, we've been exploring all of these other ways, right? People can contribute through various governance contributions. They can contribute by bringing their friends, by marketing in various different ways, by uh, contributing their knowledge, their expertise, their ideas um, by helping to understand when things do work or when things don't work. And even though we've been exploring all of this stuff within the context of Web3 for a while now, you know, distributed, decentralized communities, 
contributing to create something valuable, there's this piece that we've been missing, and it's a really big piece, which is that we actually haven't figured out how to reward and recognize. We call it how to how to thank the people who are making these contributions. And the reason for it is that the technology problem of figuring out how to reward and recognize people when they're distributed, when they're decentralized, when they're largely anonymous is really, really, really hard. We have figured out how to auto-validate any of theoretically endless contributions that people make to communities across platforms, regardless of, you know, whether you're here or there or whether you've been largely anonymous or not. We then auto reward those contributions either with our token or with the native token of a community. And then we auto give a thank you notes. We thank those contributions on chain. We believe that this is a really core and important piece of infrastructure, not just to supporting, help support Web3 in achieving its vision, but, but ultimately to help the world, help humans in being able to see each other, to reward each other, to recognize each other for the stuff that we do for each other, which we've been able to do in small part historically. But now we've got the technology to be able to do it in large part. Then even the scale that I'd achieved in previous organizations, and that was sort of the inspiration behind Thriveground. So we, we have a really big vision. Yeah, I think it also um, is a novel way of rewarding um, those that operate more quietly. It'll be really interesting to see how this this plays out. I look at it and I'm like, this is a great model, really interesting, partnering with communities, you're, you're uh, issuing um, reputation, NFTs, sold on tokens, things like that. What's the, um, how are you being funded? I mean, what's the model here? Two ways. So our business model connected to the communities that we work with um, is as simple as charging a fee, you know, technology services provider fee connected to the the technology that we provide and that scales up with community members. So there's a there's a model there that that we think scales and scales nicely. And you know, beyond that, we have a lot of really amazing investors in uh in ThriveCoin. So numerous VCs, over a dozen of them. Also, you know, really incredible people like the former president of Morgan Stanley or Justin Kahn, who was the founder of Twitch or just a whole host of uh, really amazing people who believe in us, believe in our vision and, you know, want to ensure that, um, that, you know, some core infrastructure kind of gets built and, and, you know, can scale in this environment. I just wanted to touch on this briefly because sometimes venture capital and having bankers involved maybe rub some people the wrong way. But I would like to tie this back to the necessity for building something that is sustainable. And you got to have financing. I mean, that's just the way the world works. If your value align, that's the key, right? Make sure that the business model aligns. So I don't know if you wanted to maybe speak to that. Yeah, sure. Gosh, we have something like 43 investors, of which I believe more than a dozen of them are venture capitalists, more than a dozen of them are CEOs in their own right. 
Many are from the world of crypto. Some are from the world of traditional finance. Some are from, let's call it the Web2 world as well. I am strongly of the belief that there, you know, people who are doing wonderful things in the world everywhere. And there are people who aren't doing good things in the world everywhere too. And, you know, that's the same in the venture capital community as it is in any other community. The reality is, is that businesses and communities need to sustain themselves. They essentially need capital to create value for themselves and for others. And the idea that sort of procuring capital so that a group of people can take a deep breath and say, how do we create value in this world? You know, would, would rub people the wrong way. I think that any, anybody who gets rubbed the wrong way, I, I would say, you know, just, just think about it. We're all here. If we're here for good reasons, right? It's the same reason. We want to be helpful and not harmful. And we want to give ourselves the best chance to be helpful and not harmful. And capital helps us to do that. It just does. Now, then there's another question, which is make sure that you procure capital from people who care and who are values and vision aligned with you. I think that's really critical. And, you know, I've been really thoughtful about, and we as an organization have been really thoughtful about the people that we've procured capital from. They're good people. They're people who are vision values aligned with us. They're people who want to see the same change in the world that we want to see. And they're people that have a set of talents and, and capabilities and experience that are supportive of and augment the work that we're trying to do in the world. I believe, and I think we believe that across the board, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's a gift to you know be able to have some capital to support us in doing the important work that we want to do in the world. Great. I appreciate you speaking to that. It's the same thing with everything else, right? So like, just think about protocols, right? Like when a group of people build a, a protocol, that protocol can do good things or it can do bad things, right? When you think about a sports team, <laughs> you know, a, a coach can coach a little league team to play in a way that reflects really wonderful core values of sportsmanship, of honor of dignity, of love, or a coach can coach a team to play in a way that, that that's not like that at all. <laughs> I think we've seen both versions of that. And so our opportunity in this world is, you know, whether we're talking about um, procuring capital, building technology, being a part of a team, it's to choose wisely and choose well. Very cool. And I'm looking back at the original proposal on form.bankless.community. Of course, we'll put all this stuff in the show notes. But that proposal did not require any funding. And then the rewards for the starting contributions were provided by ThriveCoin. And that's in your own testnet token called Thrive. And, that's right. And so do you want to jump into that and talk about how Thrive works or what, it's, uh, what you're testing with that? Yeah. So that was a special proposal because Bankless was the first community that we were launching. <laughs> so we thank Bankless DAO members for the contributions they make to Bankless. We do that in two ways. We do that sort of with crypto. In the future, it'll almost surely be with Bank. But for right now, it's with our testnet token Thrive. And we also do that with an on-chain thank you note that people get for literally every single contribution they make. And there are a couple of really, really neat things about the technology 
that we've built. The first is that we're able to auto-validate literally every contribution type that we have available for, for Bankless. So, you know, if you make contributions on Twitter, on Discord, on Discourse, Bankless Academy, donating to Gitcoin, so the list goes on and on, we auto-validate that that contribution happened. We then auto-reward that contribution with Thrivecoin. In the future, we can do it with Bank. And then we auto-give you a thank you note on chain. And what that does is, you know, it allows us to reward and recognize bankless contributors at scale. And we, we currently reward 38 different contribution types for bankless DAO. So everything from following different bankless Twitter handles to doing all kinds of really cool things on Discord, joining Discord, being a, a level one, level two, level three contributor to, you know, all kinds of cool things on, on your discourse to joining the Bankless Academy Explorer community, completing lessons, logging in, exploring Sobol, and on and on, attending community calls and claiming co-ops, etc. It's a lot of cool stuff. We are supporting, frankly, the vast majority of the ways to contribute to Bankless that exist today. If you're not getting rewarded for it, all you have to do is, is connect your wallet to do that. And, you know, then we kind of take it from there. <laughs> and then there is another wave right now, a next phase or a season. You're in a season. season. Yeah. yeah, you're in season six, which ends February 4th. And yeah. so there is a new set of rewards. And I'm just going to go through the rewards for this new season that ends February 4th to get people jazzed about what they can win. So on the February 17th community call in 2023... They're going to give away two personalized chippy NFTs, two bankless location NFTs, and a top secret new Perchy project. And these are all Perchy items, by the way. Bankless locations and the chippy NFT are all Perchy. And if you're a bankless DAO enthusiast, you know who Perchy is and you are familiar with the bankless locations and the chippies. But the, some of those will be given away. All you got to do is connect up your wallet and, and let it auto reward the contributions you have already made. And there's also opportunities to make new contributions. Absolutely. That, that yeah. Part. Right. Yeah. So, so, super simple. But, you know, like step by step, you connect your wallet. Um, so you can just go to the Bankless Season 3 URL, which maybe you can drop in there. Yeah. So we'll you connect your sense. wallet. You authenticate any of the platforms. You will be auto-rewarded for contributions you've made in the past, and you'll be auto-rewarded going forward for contributions you make. For every five Thrivecoin that you're rewarded with, you'll get one raffle ticket. And at the end of a season on the Bankless community call, we'll be raffling off all those prizes. And your chances of winning a prize is the number of raffle tickets that you've earned divided by the total number of raffle tickets earned by the bankless community. And, you know, um, Dros knows something about this because you won. <laughs> Yay. Uh, you know, which is, which is pretty cool. So that, that made me happy to see. I couldn't believe it. Cause I was sitting on community call that day. Actually, I think you did an amphitheater afterward. It was after the official community call ended. I sat in there and I'm like, you know, I never win anything. <laughs> I was sitting in there listening and you read off the, the, last for whatever the wallet address i just want to comment crypto bushi uh, just a huge shout out to crypto bushi uh who 
founded Dao Punks, uh, he and Sinjin and some other, I know there's a number of other folks that have worked on that, but it's really Crypto Bushi is the, is the core person that founded that. He's just been really great for the community and, and the Dao Punks has brought in, especially in, you know, when those were launched, brought in a nice amount of revenue to Bankless Dao. And so we owe a huge amount of gratitude to Crypto Bushi and Dao Punks. And it has its own Discord server. It has its own grants program. Uh, if you own a Dao Punk, you can vote on the people that are applying for grants and you can read the, the background on them, vote on who you'd like to see earn or get that grant. And so it has become its own talent cooperative with grants. I just wanted to point that out because Kurt Obushi has really been a great asset to the community and all the work that he's done and giving back. Huge shout yes. out there. Yeah, that's really cool. Right. There doesn't need to be intervention from, you know, moderators or others. and. Uh, that was a very, very, very difficult technology problem to figure out, right? How do you auto-validate contributions from largely distributed, decentralized, anonymous community members across platforms? Believe that that's uh, a solution that hasn't been solved anywhere close to as elegantly as uh, kind of we've been able to do it. Right, right, and then figuring which those which of those activities are actually value accretive, right? <laughs> as opposed right. to just busy work. No, I, I love that. And they can be customized. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really cool. And for those who have not connected to Thrive, I encourage you, go ahead and connect to ThriveCoin. Connect your wallet, uh, the wallet where you have your bank tokens or related things that you're involved in. And it's really cool because you'll see them start popping up, especially for Bankless DAO. And I know that one specifically, but you have other DAOs now that you're working with that people can connect to. And there's activities you can do related to those. But if you've been in Bankless DAO and you've been contributing, if you've been commenting and voting on Snapshot stuff, if you've been engaging in Discord and Twitter, you will have Thrive and you will have rewards in there. So go check it out. The interface is really clean too. I mean, you guys have really done a really neat job with it. I know the back end on that is not trivial. <laughs> Trying to pull all that that on chain data and some of it off yeah. chain actually with Discord and stuff. There are going to be a bunch of other prizes that that will also be available then too. So there's a ton of stuff at this point that we're rewarding, and every week or every couple of weeks we're adding more contributions that we're rewarding. If I look at the latest, let me see, contributor list, we have, wow, so over 200 people now that are participating, which is already double last season. Over 1,600 contributions have been made this season already. And by the time this episode airs, it'll be a lot more than that. So there's just a, a ton of amazing good work at Bankless that we've been able to thank to reward and recognize and you know it's pretty exciting and meaningful for for me to see <laughs> yeah yeah very cool are you multi-chain right now we are yeah so polygon and ethereum to start more more to come awesome awesome so yeah if a community you know you the why when i i think this is what people are going to experience you connect to thrivecoin you're like oh this is pretty cool and i want to use this in my community and so right. So what is the best way to engage with ThriveCoin and exploring the product, uh, connecting with the team? What's really needed? Are you able to onboard no more communities right now? And, and what do you need from a community to, to be able to maybe have that initial conversation and see what makes sense? To yeah, absolutely. We were able to in, in our onboarding communities right now. And what's required is, is frankly, just reach out to us. You can reach out to me personally at daniel at thrivecoin.com or 
you can reach out to, you know, Robert has been doing much of the work with, with Bankless. So Robert at, at thrivecoin.com as well, or find us in the Bankless Discord as well. And what's required for a community really is to have a, a group of people, kind of like a guild or an advisory board or, you know, a committee or a subcommittee, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, but a group of people who are committed to rewarding and recognizing valuable contributions to your DAO, to, to your community. And it will kind of take it from there. Onboarding is, is fairly easy. It takes just a couple conversations and the, the impact, I think even a lot of bankless people can attest to this is significant and, and is fast. When I was chatting with Shepard the other day, he said, you know, really the main thing you guys need in order to add contributions is a reliable way to read the data. Uh, so even if it's as simple as a spreadsheet with Twitter handles, Discord IDs, things like that. So there are a variety of data sources. The, the key point here is in order for you to be able to do this at scale and auto-reward contributions without moderator invention, you need, do need to have a reliable way to read data. Yeah, we believe that right now we can reward like a, a significant double-digit percentage of all the contribution types anyway that, that people make in Web3. And our goal when we look forward 12 months is to be able to reward and recognize the vast majority of contributions that people are making across Bankless and across Web3 in general. And we're very much on that road. I mean, step by step, contribution type by contribution type, platform by platform, we're doing it right now. And then can also be rewarded in the native token of the community you're partnering with, in our case, Bankless DAO and the bank token. But as you can lay at Thrive, I guess this is going into a you're calling it a holy Swiss vault, right? <laughs> and it will be unlocked when you thank a billion contributions. So yeah, if you're interested in talking just a bit about how that Missionaries NFT works, you don't have to be involved in Missionaries NFT in order to participate in Thrivecoin. I want to make, make that very clear. So we've, we have a big mission that is fairly aligned with the bankless mission, which is that we hope to thank not bank, but bank, <laughs> 1 billion contributions in Web3. And one way that we are excited to galvanize people around that concept is that we want to get, allow people to access this, this NFT that is connected to ThriveCoin. And so we, we have created, and it has not been launched, it's worthwhile to note, <laughs> we've created this NFT connected to ThriveCoin that we call the missionaries or the missionaries of Thrive. And people who hold that NFT were excited to give them some utility that is fun and, and meaningful. So if they own a missionary's NFT, some percentage more of Thrive for every contribution that they make when that NFT is in their wallet. Maybe I'll kind of hide the other things, but we're thinking of a couple other really neat pieces of utility that can be connected to that NFT. But, you know, ultimately you can just think of it as one more galvanizing important ingredient that hopefully will be inspiring people to make contributions across the DAO ecosystem that are ultimately really valuable for Web3. And at some point in the next couple of months, we'll, we'll launch that NFT. And we'll, when we do, we'll We'll also give, obviously, a lot of the details associated with it. <laughs>
All right, cool. Yeah, because in doing the research, I obviously the missionaries NFT comes up, and and I just actually wanted to comment on how cool your website is. <laughs> it is a very responsive and beautiful website. What you've done with the uh, the ViewMaster kind of user experience of how the missionaries NFT is described is really cool. Your graphic designer, your illustrator, your web designer on this, I, I just got to give a shout out. Whoever you've got is doing great work. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> or the really team that's working on that. You know, it's it's funny because what I've noticed is that there's a little bit of a, a fun generational gap around a ViewMaster because, <laughs> you know, I myself. I grew up with with these these like little discs that you know you could throw into <laughs> could throw into this this thing that you put up to your eyes and it was like the precursor to virtual reality. That's the way I like to think of it. <laughs> and what I've noticed early VR headset. <laughs> there are a lot of like amazing, really important members of our community who have looked at that and gone, what the heck is that thing? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And, if, and when I saw it, I'm like, oh, somebody's seen a Viewmaster. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, I love it. <clears throat> I wanted to comment on it. It's not off topic. I think it's very on topic because you guys are really trying to create something fun and playful here that's meaningful as well. We're definitely seeking to be playful in our approach. And we also recognize that a lot of the concepts that we're playing with here can feel abstract for people. And so we're playing with ways to bring them to life and bring them to life uh, in a way that can be meaningful, that can be helpful, and that can support a community in having fun along the way. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Appreciate the time again. We'll put this together as a nice episode. I just wanted to make sure people really got a good sense of what ThriveCoin is about. Yeah. Ask some questions about your background because I'm really fascinated by that because it does inform what you're doing now. And I think it's inspiring, quite frankly. It's inspiring to me. This has been a lot of fun, really meaningful. And let's, let's you know, get a virtual coffee or drink together sometime really soon. Great. Would love it. And so again, thank you for your time and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. This has been really fun and meaningful, and I hope you have a wonderful day, too. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information and how to get started. And, of course, if you'd like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.